Oh, this series, uh, Can You See It?, has been about looking more closely, deeply, trust and hope, at God's truth, about things that he shares, things that he wants us to understand and grasp. So indeed, we would see it, see it with the eyes of our heart, see it in the deepest place of who it is that we are, so we'd be filled with it. We looked at truth about meeting of needs. He wants to be filled with truth about that, his promises, so that we would know because of his presence inside that, that he desires to meet all of our needs and to help us meet other people's needs. Can you see it? Can you see that, that he desires to be in your heart and life, to change it, to create an impact in you? And then to bless you to the point where you make a difference in the world. And not just a a, a difference for today or tomorrow, but for all of eternity to create an impact. Can you see that? It's powerful to think about. Can you see that he desires to, to give you devotion for him? A passion about living this thing called Christianity out day in and day out in your life as a follower of Jesus, that you'd have that devotion, that passion, that energy, and be united together with him and then with others to be, to make a difference again. Can you see it? You see, the desires, as we looked at last week, truth out of John 15, that he desires you to love others as he has loved you. A tremendous truth. One that makes a difference in each and every relationship that you'll ever have. Can you see it? With all of those things. And then I would submit to you, you can take the very word of God and any truth that it is that you would find in his word. And all the truth that we looked at, the truth that we looked at um, last week about loving others all of it, all related, all depending on, all flowing out of the truth that Jesus brings us this morning. Everything that you would seek to learn and and to understand, to get, to see, all depends on what it is that Jesus says this morning. Not an exaggeration, not hyperbole, not like, oh, come on, really? No, it's the truth. Don't take my word for it. Listen to his. Truth that I have to share with you this morning, a simple truth, but one that makes all the difference in the world, comes from Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. Hear the life-changing, the living, the awesome and powerful word of God. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. This is the word of God. Might it be written in your heart and lived in your life. Hmm. Jesus replied, 
So somebody asks him a question or somebody's talking to him. Are you aware of the story and what's happening, why it is that Jesus says what he says, who he's speaking to, who he's responding to, who he gives this answer to? I'll give you this simple answer. I like simple, don't you? He responds, he gives this answer to someone who wants to rip him and his words apart, literally. They're not too terribly interested in what it is that Jesus says as far as answer or content. That's not where their hearts are. That's not what they're focusing on. They ask him the question, teach, what is the greatest commandment? You see that verse 39, because they want to take what it is that he says, twist it and turn it, use it against him so they have the grounds to kill him, and that's what they eventually do. But that's their purpose, that's their motive right there. They have virtually no love in their heart for the person that they're asking the question to. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a conversation with someone that you know isn't too interested in what it is that you're going to say or your answer, but that what they really want is to use your words against you? That it's a trap, it's a loaded question. Have you ever been there? How did that make you feel? I think it's pretty ironic that that's the case, that that's the scenario in this passage because of what Jesus shares is truth. Don't you find that ironic? That somebody that had zero love for Jesus gets the answer that he gives about what is the thing that matters the most. It was a critical moment for Jesus I don't want you to lose sight of that. He, he could have been killed based on his words and what it is that he said. That's why he spoke truth. Cuts to the chase, goes right to the apex of their heart. And I would submit to you, it's a critical moment now for you to hear what it is that Jesus says. He wants you to get it in the deepest spot of your heart. He wants us to get it in the deepest spot of our heart about what matters most about who it is that we are. And it's simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. First and greatest commandment, verse 38 says, it's what matters most. And that's what had been lost. That's what had been lost with the Pharisees and for a lot of the nation of Israel. And then you can read about it all throughout Scripture, the Old Testament, and then you fast forward to the time there being people of God, if you will, followers of God, for them had become an exercise. It was something that happened out of duty, out of obligation. It was all about checking boxes and make sure, making sure that they got it right. That, that's it. Following the word 
life-giving word, truth, to give life, to live life, to experience the full of this, all had just been wrung dry of spirit. They were just words on a page, again, to just say, okay, we got that one right, we got that one right, we got that one right, we got that one right. God never intended it to be that way. Why did he give them his word? So that they'd have a relationship, a deep relationship. So that they would know when they read the word and his promises and things that he shared that this was a God who loved them, loved them more than anything. And it's all he was asking in return is love back. Don't take my word and pervert it. Don't take it and make it be just something that you look at and say, okay, I guess I'll do this today. No, that's not what it was meant to be. Something completely, radically different. And so I have a question for you. What is his word and what does following Jesus mean to you? Is it about showing up today? Checking another box? See, it it makes all the difference in the world in terms of if we're a follower of Jesus and who it is that we're going to be, this commandment, this truth. What God says matters most. It's the if piece too, right? If you don't know God and you don't know that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for your sins, then you've got it wrong. You're not a follower of Jesus. That's what it's all about. Grace, sheer grace. Grace, sheer grace. God's got it right. Jesus has got it right. The world's got it wrong greatest deception i call it the ever spun and it fits culture it fits the world we live in think about it for a minute that everything depends on me it's about the choices i make it's about who it is that i choose to be it's about what what i think is truth that's what determines truth so all of these things whatever it is you start lining it all up You see why it's so attractive? You see why Satan went that route? How powerful, what a a trip is it for you to be able to decide that you get to go to heaven or not? That's what works righteousness is all about. Every religion, by the way, based on it saves Christianity. That if I'm good enough and if I do all of the right things, well, why shouldn't I go to heaven, right? Right? That's the mindset. That's the heart set, if you will. God says, no, it's about me. It's about my love for you. It's about me sending Jesus Christ to die for you. See, that's where it all starts. And if you don't believe that and if you don't accept that in your heart, see, that's the difference. That's where it starts. I love the words of Galatians 2.21. Do you know them? 
I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be attained, righteousness meaning a right relationship with God, if I could get right with God and be able to be in his presence, if that would happen, I do not set aside the grace of God. If righteousness could be obtained through the law, then these words, then Christ died for nothing. I asked you, did he die for nothing? Even if you haven't asked him in your heart, do you think that God would do that? That he would send his son, his only son that he loved so much, do you think he would send him to earth to die for nothing? I want to tell you he didn't. Because you are not nothing. You are so much more. And God loves you more than you'll ever know. More than you'll ever know. And he sent his son because he loved you. Knowing that changes everything. It's what matters most, that you know the love of God and that you love him back. You have that love in your heart. And that's what makes the difference if we're followers of Jesus. Who is it that we're being? How is it that we're loving? Just just ask yourself that question. And you know, you can have words. But look in your heart, deep, deep, deep. It's a deep truth. I want to um, ask you this question. Has anybody been to a wedding recently? Yeah. And so maybe you think about that moment or you think about your own wedding if you're married. And so when, here's the deal, picture it, whether it's your wedding or the wedding that you saw recently. You got two people that are up there and they're holding hands. I always tell people I officiate, look deep into the eyes. And so he's standing there, and there it is. So in that moment, here's the question I have for you. And if one of them or the other has a genuine deep love for the other, so if if a husband has a genuine and deep, a a groom has a genuine and deep love for his bride, um, and the bride has a genuine and deep love for the groom, this is my question. Do you think that when they repeat the vows... Listen close to this. You think that when they repeat the vows, that that person wants the other to respond in a way that says, yep, I'll do it because that's what I need to do. I'm going to check all the boxes. Check, check, check. Yep, took out the trash. Check, yep, put the toilet lid down. Check. You think that's what they're thinking in that moment? 
Boy, I hope they get it right. They just are a good person. They just do it. They just, you know, these are the rules. We're saying it right now, right here. Of course not. What do they have in their heart? They're looking at that person, and they're filled with love, and they're hoping and believing in that moment that when that person says that they are going to, whatever it is that their vows are, I hope they're substantive, I hope they're deep. They're saying it because they love them. That's truly who they want to be, somebody who loves the other. And I had premarital counseling with hundreds of young men and women, and I have to believe, and I know that there are some, again, it's evidence in the living of life, right, that for them when they said it, it was checking the box because it's who they proved to be. But never in that moment is that what they really want out of each other. They want it to be about loving and not loving in a little way. You see the heart of God here? Can you see it? Can you see what it is that he's asking out of you because of who he is and what he has in his heart for you? Do you know that deep inside? That's where he wants you to see it. He wants you to see it where? In the deepest part of your heart. Loving God with all of your heart. Why? Because that's where our feelings begin to churn. That's where our thoughts begin to originate. Where we start to to have things happen and they stir and, and love grows and deepens and widens and it turns into action, irrepressible behavior, I would tell you, love. Strong force. It's because that's where deep in our soul our beliefs and our thoughts begin. He wants us to love them with all of our soul. Beliefs and truths that are foundational to who it is that we are. It determines what we do, how we practice, how we live our life, right? The boundaries. He wants us to love him with all of our soul. And he wants wants us to to love him with with all of our minds. I, I think about, I'm just amazed by the connectivity of the brain to the human body. I don't even have to think about this or this. And so the, the things that I, I think, the messages, the things that I, and so with my eye, whatever it is, how my brain then translates them and begins to move into action. You see why God wants you to love you with all of your mind? Because it controls all of your physical behavior and actions it's so powerful these words of jesus and so so you bring them all together and you understand what it is that he's saying verse 38 first and greatest commandment with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind that's how i want you to love me that's what matters most about you being a human being and you being a follower of Jesus, that you would get that, that you would understand it, that you would see that. Because with all of your being, if you understand that and you know that, it will change who it is that you are. 
wholly and completely. And by the way, the word for love here is agape love. It's talking about God's love. So he's saying, take what I give you, fill yourself with it, and then be it. Powerful, powerful. To love God that way. Then, of course, um, truth we looked at last week, but is repeated here, verse 39. The second is, like it, love your neighbor as yourself. We spent a lot of time on that last week, but just a couple of quick questions. Um, Do you see what he says there before? It's love your neighbor as yourself. The second is like it. What does he mean? He's speaking about connected to it. It's similar. Same spirit, same heart set. This is what I want out of you. The second is right along with the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, I couldn't resist that picture with a woman with a frying pan. Sorry. There's the question. Do you think if Jesus says that, and he talks about the connectivity, think about this. This is very important. It's important about loving God. Do you think that you can love God as you should if you do not love others as yourself? Do you think that's possible? No. And and I think we can justify it. We can come up with all kinds of reasons to not love We're really good at it. But if you think for one moment that you can love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and not love others as yourself, you better read again and think again. God begs to differ. What does that say about relationships and who other people are to us? It says a lot. Again, deep, profound. And then you get to these words. Verse 40. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. That's what I mentioned at the start. No hyperbole, no exaggeration. Everything else that you read all depends on what? Who God is to you and how you're loving him. It's all connected. It's all there. All of your life responses, all of what it is, how you see and you treat truth, the truth in the word that he gives, all connected to that one thing. Who is God? How are you loving him? Are you loving him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind? And that means a lot of different things because we love a lot of different things, don't we? Does anybody love ice cream? Anybody love pizza? Anybody? Yeah, on and on it goes. We say we love them. Okay, we'll get to the bigger things. People next to you, family and friends. We say that we love them. I hope that that love is genuine and sincere. It all matters in terms of how we love God. And and by the way, there's a priority there, right? Right? Sometimes it's hard to understand that, and it's hard to own it. 
That's part of the challenge. I'll go back to verse 38. First and what? Greatest commandment. If you love pizza more than God, ooh. If you love a son or a daughter, or a husband or a wife, more than God. See what he's asking? I know that's hard. And perhaps the greatest thing of all in terms of loving God. Because if if we're honest and we understand what God is saying, if we love something other than God, more than God, we've made it an idol. We, We put it beside God or above God. And the greatest thing that we do that with is, you know what it is, right? Yeah, ourselves. It's when we stop and we take a look at our lives and we think about who it is that we're being. And what our lives, not necessarily our words, what our lives say about what we love and what we love the most, what would it be? I think you know what God hopes the answer is. And that's why he shares this truth. Everything that we are and will be hang on, depends on loving God and loving others more than anything. There's a great example of this in Scripture. It's in Acts 5. I'm going to spend just a minute sharing this with you. The story is this, Acts 5. The story is this. The apostles had been out proclaiming truth. They'd been speaking and preaching about Jesus Christ and his great love. Pharisees didn't like it. Yes, the same ones, same group that was talking to Jesus here, the same ones that killed him. They didn't like it, so they arrest the, uh, the 12 and they throw him in prison. What happens during the night, an angel comes to them. It's verse 20 of, of chapter 5 says this, Go stand in the temple courts and tell the people, I love this, the full message of this new life. Give it all to them. Tell them about God's love. Tell them about Jesus. Give it all to them, the full message of a new life. So that's what they do. They leave, they go into the temple, and they start preaching and proclaiming again. So the Pharisees, the leaders, go to the jail. They're going to pull them out, have them come and appear before them. They go there, and they're not there. While they're scratching their heads, what happened here? Somebody runs in and says, hey, those guys you threw in prison, the one that you're looking for, they're out in the temple preaching about Jesus. What? Go get them. Bring them back in. They're angry. They're mad. The words that they say to them, you see it right there. And if you're in the, in, the, in the chapter, verse 28, we gave you strict orders not to do that, yet you went and did it. What's up with you? And then this is the response. And this is what God wants you to see. Here it is, verse 29. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. Do you get it? We must obey God rather than men. Do you remember what Jesus was speaking about in in chapter 15 of, of John? If you love me, you will do what? 
you'll obey me. That's what's at work. Do you think for a minute that they didn't understand after understanding, or they didn't understand after understanding, they didn't understand after seeing Jesus die, get killed by these men, what it is that they were capable of, what it is that they were probably going to do? Of course they got it. Did it change what they did? No. Why did they obey? Because they obeyed out of love. They had that kind of love for God. They were willing to risk everything because of that love. Their very lives. Nothing else mattered. I can only hope that someday I get there. That the only thing that matters to me, that I love the most in every day and every minute proves it. That I love God with all my heart, soul, and mind. That each and every minute, that's what would be seen. Because that's what God tells me matters the most. Because it'll impact everything that I say and everything that I do and who it is that I'll be. How about you? Where are we at with this truth? That's the challenge. To love God more. To all we are reveals his love. Simple, right? Think about it for a minute. Then I'm going to Lord God, I come humbly before you. Maybe with some shame, maybe with some guilt, maybe with some foolish thoughts. Thoughts about how foolish we've been, about what matters most. All the things that we make important in this world. And the things that we make more important than you. Lord God, we come before you this morning saying we hear the words of Jesus. And I hope we come saying, oh God, that we can see them. And we can see them not just as words on a page, ink and paper. But oh God, that we can see them in our heart and in our soul, and in our mind. And we can see them fully and completely, and that will be the striving from this day forward, no matter where it is that we've been, no matter how much we've loved you in the past. 
a lot or a little, but Lord, in the future, we would love you more. And that each and every day, oh God, your love would just continue to change us, to impact us, to transform us. Visibly, powerfully. That those changes and those transformations would be seen. And they would be seen because then, oh God, people would be seeing your love at work. They would be seeing you. And the promises and the gift of grace that you give in Jesus to everyone. So might it be. Work in our hearts, oh God. Help us to love you more. And holy, in your precious, in your awesome name.